All right. So um, I have been trying to come up with an intro to this podcast for the last like probably three weeks. Um, And it wasn't until this morning I was on a walk with my boyfriend and I realized that even since relaunching my Instagram, like I think it's been two years now, two years ago as like a fitness Instagram or whatever, um, I've never really retold my story as to what started all of this for me. Um, And I... I think the best way to do that is to go back and read to you guys um, a post that I made on my blog in 2014. And so the real OGs will know that I started a blog in 2014 to talk about this stuff. Um, And I only ended up uploading a couple entries because it just school and life got busy and I just kind of started to really doubt myself that I was really making any difference or that people were even listening so I stopped posting um and then fast forward to my Instagram it's just an easier um platform to reach people on uh but I still have the blog and I haven't read these posts in a very long time and I thought what better way to spark the remembering of this story than to read it live uh, for you guys right now. So the blog used to be called shanablanford.com. Uh, it's now been changed to uh, Shana's Always Hungry, um, but it's not, it doesn't have anything on it, so it's not worth going to find. Um, but so I'm going to read the entry. Now keep in mind, this is my first time reading it, so please bear with me. This is going to be like reading out loud in class. Um, so no one stare at me or judge me if I say a word wrong. <laughs> Um, I'm going to read this and then I'm going to talk about what happened, what's happened since, what was going on during, and if my perspectives on any of it have changed since then. And I think this is going to be a really great way to introduce who I am, what I stand for, why I'm here, and why I'm doing this. Also, I need it to be put on record that I am videotaping this as well as recording it for the podcast. Uh, So... This is, I'm now talking to the camera. If I don't look at you, it's because I'm going to forget that you're there. (laughs) Okay, awesome. So this is posted on October 20th, 2015. So almost, wow. So like five years ago today, almost. Five years ago this time. That's, uh, that's kind of cool. Okay. So the post is called My Coming Out probably a little bit politically incorrect, but oh well. Uh, Hello all, my name is Shana Blanford, LMAO, duh, that's literally what I wrote. Uh, I'm 19 years old, I'm extremely outspoken, I'm almost always the loudest person in the room, and my best friend is my mother. My greatest passions in life are food, fitness, and I live by two mottos. One, everything good in life makes you sweat, And two, no one can embarrass you more than you, so just do you. Okay, so far, all these things are still true. Sorry, my cat's on the table. (laughs) He's fine. (laughs) For those of you that just watched me push him off. Um, Why am I starting, for the third time now, this blog? Up until the age of 17, I had never really completed anything in my life. I was never good at sports, and I never really considered myself to have a hobby or something that defined me. This made me... This made grade school quite a struggle 
as you can probably imagine, and by age 14, I found myself feeling void of something in my life. This paired with my newfound discovery that my diet of two-for-one price candies and Jones bottled sodas had left me with every female's worst enemy, muffin tops, or adorably renamed love handles. This, I guess you could say, was the beginning of what was going to be the discovery of one of my passions. Skipping ahead a few chapters, it all started with running with my mom. Yes, I call my mother mama. Oh, I said mama. I didn't even read that. Uh, Two times a week, Tuesdays and Saturdays. I remember these. These runs were horrendous. They weren't long or hard. I was just that unfit. (laughs) Followed by short 30-minute conditioning circuits, as she calls them. Oh, I remember these. This led to what I thought was weight training three times a week, then six times a week, closer to the real thing. And then by the 11th grade, training six to seven days a week. Um, I was also the only girl in the boys grade 12 weight training class. Okay. So I, man, I'm throwing so much shade at myself. So this was, uh, so 2015. Yeah. This was like right after, this is about a year after my first show. Uh, and it was my first year in college. And so I was slowly learning that like all the things I thought were true, uh, were not true. Um, so it turns out I didn't know how to work out and my diet was shit and like all this stuff. So there's going to be a lot of like, oh, a lot of shade being thrown at me. Um, okay, 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 cool. And I was the, one of the only girls. Uh, there was one other girl in that class, uh, Emma. Shout out to Emma. Um, da, 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 da. Then after joining a gym, I started making real friends uh, with many of the local OPA, Ontario Physique Association. Okay, this is a throwback to when the CPA was the OPA. Uh, now it's just the Canadian Physique Alliance, but there was once the OPA. Shout out to those people who know that. Um, by the 12th grade, I was obsessed, and come Christmas time, I asked for just one thing. I wanted to compete in an OPA bodybuilding show. So that's actually true. Um, so I started... T- going to the gym gym. So I started going to Good Life in Belleville, um, my grade 12 year, so like September. And I met a bunch of competitors and made friends with people at the gym. And by Christmas, all I asked for from my parents was I wanted them to give me money to help pay for my coaches and for my show. That's what I wanted. Um, so after eight months of prep, oh, this is just a, I, then I put a photo, a classic side by side, but I won't read the caption or that. So I didn't do it alone, of course, with the help of my friends and fellow competitors, Uh, I found my coaches, who I will not name for their privacy, um, responsible for giving me the tools I needed to compare to compete. And uh, I could never thank them enough for all they have taught me. Um, In this post, I'm not going to go into detail on how prepping for a show works or any of my personal specifics. Uh, What I will tell you, though, is that this is by far the hardest thing I've ever done and probably the most rewarding later down on down the road. Maybe next week I will explain competing as an amateur, of course, in reference to my own personal experiences. So I never did make that post. I think it's important to say. Eh, well, this time we can. We'll talk about it. Okay. Uh, So this is me referencing the pictures that I posted. The pictures that you see above are my newfound... And my newfound love for bodybuilding are not the only things I discovered about myself thanks to this experience. This is what brings me to my reasoning behind reopening this blog. About halfway through prep for my second show, I came to the realization that something was not right with me in my head. Many books, websites, and studies later, I was diagnosed with with a psychological disorder called body dysmorphic disorder, uh, better known to me as body dysmorphia. To break it down for you, in my case, when I look in the mirror, I see someone much much larger than me. 
I am never happy with, the, with that person. Uh, because of this, I also suffer from social anxiety paired with acute OCD. Uh, in post to come, I will go into detail about what exactly happens in my brain every minute of my life. Wouldn't that have been a long post? <laughs> but for right now, I just needed to come out. I'm not talking about it hasn't helped, so maybe talking about it will. I've reopened this blog with the plans to share my story, a story that besides my mom's and select few, I haven't really shared with many others. Uh, but I also, but also how I see things in the fitness industry, how I view our priorities, our obsessions with food and dieting and weight loss, and how it, it's affecting not only my generation, but many more to come. I've only been in school for a short time, but already I know what I want to do with my life. I want to not only help people discover their body's potentials, but also to shed light on this body image stigma that is taking over the minds of way, of way, this says minds of way too many people. Guys, I did not proofread before posting. Uh, I'm going to put myself out there hoping others going through the same thing as me will then feel like they can do the same. I know this sounds very high and mighty, but I really just want to do something. If you are at all interested in fitness, nutrition, healthy living, or even just living, and you don't mind hearing it all from the perspective of an, of an opinionated, overly gregarious 19-year-old, then I think we're going to have lots of fun, you and I. Thanks for reading, Shana. Okay. So what's funny about this post for me is, so this wasn't, this was not, this wasn't even close to the worst that my um, mental health state got to. This was a pretty good place. It was a place good enough that I felt confident enough that I could talk about it and be some sort of educator. Uh, looking at it now, though, I recognize I was still very sick. Um, but I was sick in different ways. <laughs> so this is interesting for me. Um, so yeah, so for those of you that don't know, that's a really great introductory um, to 19-year-old Shayna. Uh, so five years ago, I've still wanted to do the same thing. And a lot of the reasonings for why I do the things that I do have not changed. I still want to educate people. I still want to talk about the things we don't want to talk about. I want to have the hard conversations. And at 19 years old, that was specifically um, just completely surrounding fitness and health and body image. And since I've gotten older, and I've learned more about the world, more about myself. I'm recognizing that that, uh, that touches every possible topic out there. My, my passion to talk about things, the real things, the hard things, stretches to every aspect. Not just fitness and health, but also sex and confidence and friendships and relationships and parenting and growing up and whatever the hell else we have to worry about as we become people in society. Because I just feel like there's this gloss over everything that we talk about. And the gloss is keeping us from understanding some of the most important deep parts about life. And it's keeping us unconnected. Like, do you ever just like have these thoughts and you're like, I must be the only person in the world thinking about this. Like, I'm such a crazy person. And then someone like me posts about it on social media and you're like, oh my God, someone else feels this way. Well, I'm getting DMs from like 25 people telling me they feel this way. So like we clearly need to have more conversations about more things. So yeah, I guess a little bit about me. That's a great intro just to like wrap it up here or speed it up. Um, 
I started competing in 2014. I started competing for all the wrong reasons. Uh, that's my favorite way to put it. I say that a lot whenever I get asked why I started competing. I, I started competing because I didn't like my body. Um, I can't actually remember a time where I did like my body, even as a child. I remember being in the fourth grade um, and I went shopping with one of my friends and we're in the garage change rooms. If you guys remember when garage was cool. Um, and she was explaining to me how it doesn't look good uh, when you can see muffin tops uh, and a belly that hang over your jeans. And she showed me how to suck in and hold it so that I didn't look as fat in my clothes. And I remember, I remember her telling me that and I remember thinking, I'm, there's like a, there's a way that my body's supposed to look in clothes. And like, I don't, I don't fit that. Like, I don't look the way I'm supposed to look in clothes. And I remember, I just remember grade four me just like being so mortified that I've been walking around all these years completely oblivious that my body was wrong and that it was my job to do something about it. <laughs> and since then, I have not stopped worrying about that. I, I, I can't pick an outfit without checking every angle to make sure that something's not hanging over or something's not bulging out or something's not wrinkly or folded up or folded down or sitting weird. Right? Like, I can't just pick a shirt because I like the color. It has to also be flattering. The fit has to be right. The cut has to be right. And I don't remember a time that I I wasn't like that. And so I got into bodybuilding because I liked the gym and I didn't play sports and I didn't have any friends. <laughs> I didn't have any friends that gymmed. I should say that. I didn't have any friends that gymmed. Not gymmed the way that I did. And I didn't think I had any friends that felt the way that I did about their bodies. I thought everyone else was happy in their body. And I was the only one that felt the way that I did. And I watched my one friend do this show from work. Um, and I was like, wow, she looks amazing. And like, did you ever, did you ever, like, if you've never, if you've never done a show, if you're just like a regular, normal human, <laughs> have you ever like looked at pictures of models in magazines or like on Instagram now and like wonder to yourself, like, do I have abs? Like, <laughs> Like, actually, though, like, do I have them? Like, if we got rid of all of this, would something that looks sort of like that be under here? Have you ever had that thought? So I had that thought all the time. And it was literally one day I was looking at, like, a Seventeen magazine, and I was like, you know what? Just once, I want to see what it feels like to look like that. Right? And that's what sparked this show. It was not muscles. It was not wanting to accomplish something. It was not for sport. It was not for a trophy. I genuinely just wanted to prove to myself that I could have, that I had abs and that I could have abs and I could have that body and that that was something I was capable of doing. That was all that I wanted. Looking back now, if old Shayna had to come up to new Shayna and been like, I want to do a show, new Shayna would be like, no, you don't. Not because I wish I hadn't done it. I wouldn't change a thing about my life. I love exactly how everything went for me because otherwise I wouldn't be who I am today and I wouldn't have bodybuilding and bodybuilding is who I am at this point. But it's for so many more reasons than just abs at this point. It's really grown and taken on a life of its own. But the reason why I would say no to that person is because I recognize now what your starting base needs to be at physically before you're able to do a show. 
not even mentally. I don't actually think you ever get to a point where mentally you're 100% good to go. I think there's always going to be a struggle. And I think that's the pull of bodybuilding. But physically, you need to have a decent muscular base just so that your maintenance calories don't get to detrimental lows. And that's what had to happen for me. And so I remember writing this post, this blog post. I remember first recognizing that I had body dysmorphia. I remember going through all of those things. And I will be honest with you, for the longest time, I blamed bodybuilding. I blamed bodybuilding. I was like, it's bodybuilding's fault that I have an eating disorder because it taught me that low calories makes me skinny and high calories makes me fat. And that's not what happened. A combination of things happened. In order to get to the level of leanness you need to be at for competition, you have to eat in a aggressive caloric, uh, oh my God, what's the word? Deficit. Words are tough. You have to eat in a caloric deficit in order to lose weight. Everybody knows that. Your calories that are qu- required per day are largely affected by your body's caloric needs. And your caloric needs are affected by your height, your weight, and your activity levels, and your muscle mass, because muscle requires more calories than fat does in order to live, let's say. So if you don't have any muscle on your body, and you're five foot nothing, (laughs) you are not going to be eating very much in order to be sub 15% body fat. You're just not. At the time, though, I didn't know this because at the time, just like everyone who first starts working out, I thought I was fucking jacked. Oh, did I think I was stacked. Just like rolling in with all the muscles in the world. That's what I thought about myself. Looking back now, I was a spit. I'm still a spit. And so it was my lack of understanding of what I was doing paired with my lack of understanding of the physiology of the body as well as the sport of bodybuilding, paired with the idea that somehow having abs was going to restore any self-confidence that I was lacking. These are all very false things. And of course, when all put together, creates a ginormous, beautiful shitstorm that is my very first year of bodybuilding. So... I'll give you the short version. I did a four-month off-season with my coaches. My coaches, by the way, that I I used for my first show, they're the exact same coaches I have now. Um, Shout out to them. I love them so much. They are my second set of parents. Michelle has been there for me through more than most people. Even when I disappeared for a little bit, she never forgot about me, and she took me back with open arms, and I will forever be thankful and grateful to them, and I just love them so much. So same coaches, but of course they're only working with the information that they're given, right? This is still their job. And they didn't know me, I was very new to them. So I did my first show, I did an off season with them, which was basically just Michelle trying to put any sort of muscle on me, poor. Man, I feel so bad now looking back, she must have been like, sweetie. And I'm pretty sure I said I wanted to do physique or some shit. Like I came in being like, I wanna be a bodybuilder. And Michelle was like, honey, you need to sit down. So bikini it was because that's literally the smallest category and I was probably still small for that. Um, And then I did my first prep. My prep was 22 to 24 weeks long. Uh, It was pretty long, but of course, low and slow is the way to go. Oh, that rhymes. I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. Um, 
and it was through my high school year so like i didn't <laughs> i didn't do like I, I brought prep meals to prom uh grad party all those things uh school like everyone thought it was so weird bringing on my tupperware with my rice and my chicken but whatever it was fine i actually kind of loved it i didn't have any friends anyway so i was like i have my chicken <laughs> classic bodybuilder um and so yeah i did that show uh the problem with that show for me was um I didn't know a lot about food. This was high school, right? I didn't know a lot about food. I didn't understand nutrition or how the body worked. So when I was given a meal plan from my coach, I took it as these foods that she tells me to eat are good foods. These are healthy foods. And anything off this plan is bad. Anything off this plan will make you fat. Anything off this plan uh, will just make you unfit and unhealthy and gross. So I started demonizing foods immediately. Um, I didn't eat anything off plan. I didn't even eat 0.5 of an ounce more of anything than I was supposed to. I was so strict, which you should be for a prep. And so, of course, I mean, like, the package that I brought was a package that I brought because I didn't have any muscle on my body, and that's fine. <laughs> you live and you learn. But what ended up happening was I generated all of these negative um relationships with foods that coming out of the show I uh, rebounded really badly because I wouldn't let myself eat off plan still so like the day after show Michelle gave me a what was supposed to be reverse diet and what you're supposed to do is follow that diet check in with your coach and then they keep editing the diet slowly and adding more food back in so your body doesn't blow the fuck up but instead I got done the show and I spiraled so hard out of control within a week I went on that diet Michelle gave me, I stopped sending check-ins, and I started just eating things on top of the diet. So Monday to Friday, actually Monday to Sunday, I would only eat my meals off the plan, but then in the middle of the night, I would cupboard snack. I would binge. And then the binging on top of the meal plan started turning into forgetting one or two meals here or there and just eating regular things. Now, to be honest with you guys, I wasn't binging bad foods. Like I wasn't going out to restaurants. I wasn't eating anything quote unquote dirty. I was just eating way too much. Like I'd sit on the ground and eat a whole box of crackers <laughs> at like midnight. <laughs> or like I'd get home from a, a shift at the restaurant and I'd eat like an entire banana loaf with my hands in the dark. <laughs> but then I'd like wake up and like weigh my oats in the morning. <laughs> Get out that measuring spoon for those egg whites. But I'm like fist to mouth with the fucking banana bread after midnight. <laughs> you know what they say about feeding the gremlins after midnight. <laughs> it's not good. Um. So that was my life for a little bit. And throughout this time, I also started like teaching myself. Um, I was I was getting a little bit more into the whole understanding macros, understanding like carbs, proteins, and fats and how you're supposed to eat them. And I was big into the IIFYM. Like my Instagram was straight IIFYM uh, preachers. So I was all about like, oh my God, these people are jacked and they're eating Pop-Tarts and donuts. And like, I want to be like that. And so, but I was still with Michelle. I wasn't checking as much as I was supposed to. Um, but I was still checking in and 
so I the show that I had done was in October, and I qualified for a pro show for the Toronto Pro that June. And I was like, okay, well, we're going to off-season for three months, and then I have to prep again because, like, all I wanted to do is prep because I just, like, hated my body, and I was so confused, and I didn't know how to eat not on prep. So fast forward to right after Christmas, January, I got back on prep. So yeah, all the way through Christmas, like Thanksgiving and Christmas, um, I just fucking hated myself. I hated my body. I hated everything. I went to the gym. My workouts got better. I started getting a little bit better at training, started focusing a little bit more, learning more. But I was still like binge eating and then purging. I never purged through throwing up though. I think I need to point that out because throwing up makes me cry. Um, I purged through exercise. So I'd like go for runs at like one o'clock in the morning or go for walks or do extra cardio or um, go to the gym twice or... Or I do the classic like starve myself for like five hours thinking that I was going to do something and then eat. Um, I just did those kinds of things. I never threw up. I tried. I tried lots of times, but throwing up makes me cry and I'm a big baby. So there you go. Um, and so, yeah, I just like I put on like 30 or 40 pounds, I think, between October and fucking Christmas. I was so miserable. Oh, my God. I just was like, I was like, this isn't this isn't right. I was just so ready for prep. So prep started in January. It was going fine, whatever, whatever. I got all the way back down to having abs again. And I was feeling good, looking good. Well, I wasn't feeling good. I was feeling like absolute dog shit. But I was looking good. And I was feeling proud of myself because I looked good. Um, And we went on a ski trip. My family went on a ski trip to Vermont. And it was at the ski trip that I was like, and when my family goes on ski trips, like we don't half-ass it, man. Like we go big. We like, we go to nice restaurants. We like check out all the like best restaurants and places to eat and grocery stores and like we get cool snacks and like oh my god we just we have a great time our ski trips my family are legendary but of course I was on prep so I was eating my regular food my parents were amazing they like we found this one Asian restaurant that would steam everything in water and like completely steam no seasoning nothing so we ended up going there every day to get my chicken and rice and veggies done my dad was the best he'd like call ahead and have everything ordered and ready for us we just go pick it up he was amazing um and then we found this breakfast place that would do my, uh, no, the staff at the hotel let me use their microwave so I can make my oatmeal every morning. That's what we did. And then uh, we'd order me egg whites to the room. So like we got everything done. I was completely on program. Still sending check-ins, still hitting my workouts in the gym every day. I still look great. I did. I looked really good. I mean, I was fucking skinny and I had no muscle tone, but I was, I was looking on point for where I was supposed to be. Um, the show wasn't until June and this was like March. So I still had lots of time to go, um, and I was already pretty lean. And I remember my mom being concerned because she was like, dude, you've got like three months left, and you already look hungry. I'm not really sure what you're going to do from here, right? But I digress. But it wasn't until this trip that like, yeah, being around the food sucked, but I got pretty good at ignoring that. For me, the problem was I couldn't ski. So my family were big skiers. We used to race. Uh, my sister and I did. And we like to like go all day and I could barely handle a couple hours. Like I was dead after like three or four runs. And that really bothered me because I was normally the first person down the mountain. My brother would argue that he is, but let's be real guys. I'm the speedy one. And I was toast and I was having to go back to the room and nap and lay down. And one day I had to go back to the room early and my parents had, I think they'd gone out for burgers at this amazing burger place the night before, and it was just that topped with the fact that I couldn't even ski. So here I was, not eating the food, was not sharing the memories of eating this food with my family. Um, my energy was bad. 
I couldn't ski, which was the only thing that we came there to do. And I was just like feeling so lost. And of course, at the time, like I looked good. But of course, I was like constantly thinking I didn't look good enough or was so paranoid. And I was like obsessed with this IFYM crap on my phone I was just like always on my phone like saving these recipes saving these like different videos that people were making about how to track your own macros and I was like I need to be able to do this like I want to be able to be lean and eat pop tarts and I was just like so focused on the wrong things I was focused on the wrong things I was so food focused I'd lay awake at bed awake in bed at night looking at pictures of like cookies and oatmeal porn I think I followed like seven oatmeal porn sites like I was just like so focusing on the wrong aspects of bodybuilding everything was about what I couldn't have what I couldn't do what I was missing out on and I was completely just not even paying attention to the process that I was currently in I wasn't even paying attention to the workouts or the lifting or my muscles or my body changing it was all just what I can't have what I can't do what I can't have what I can't do what I can't have what I can't do and I broke I just fucking broke down. I couldn't do it anymore. And my mom came into the room one day after I'd left early to grab a, I think, a pair of mittens, like backup mittens. And I was just fucking wailing. I was just sitting on the bed, just like sobbing. And she came and she sat with me and she was like, Shayna, she's like, we love you and we support you no matter what, but you are not you. And this hurts us to watch you like this. And now this is my mom. She loves me and... She's always going to think the best of me. And so she said, I think, because I was explaining to her the IFYM tracking your macro stuff. And she was like, Shana, I think that, I think if you quit the show and you take a break, she's like, I think you're capable of learning all the things you need to in order to, to have the body that you want and do it the way that you want to do it. She's like, I don't think that you have to be, it doesn't have to be this hard. It shouldn't be this hard. That's what she said. And I chewed on it for a little bit we went out for dinner and at the dinner table I I just asked my family and I just said you know I I'm really struggling I'm not myself right now and I just need to know what you guys think because if I quit that's gonna be like really hard like and I don't want anyone to think that I'm a failure Uh, I was like and I know that I quit things all the time and I never finish things and I just but I just I'm sick there's something wrong with me and I need help and I just need to know that I need to know what you guys think and that you'll be supportive of me, you know, whatever I choose. And it was actually my little brother who was like nine or 10 at the time. And he's like, Shana, he's like, you're not, you're not you anymore. He's like, you used to, he's like, you used to be the one on these trips eating the most food and, you know, wanting to go to the best burger places or pizza places you used to be that person and he goes and now I'm that person and I kind of miss when you were that person and of course obviously that's focusing on the all the wrong things but when you hear your little brother who never really talks about his feelings say something like that to you you're like oh okay and so I quit I emailed Michelle and I quit and I was just like I'm not in a good headspace I need to take some time for me and what I should have done is I should have stayed in contact I should have somehow stayed on some sort of program because it would have it would have been more productive now that said would I have learned as much as I know now probably not um but it would have been more productive in regards to my career in bodybuilding but that's okay 
we can make up for lost time. So yeah, so I quit and that was hard and that sucked. And I was really embarrassed and I was, this is one thing I will say though that I am proud of. I was terrified to go back to Good Life, to that gym in Belleville Monday morning when we got back from that trip. I was absolutely terrified. I was like, everyone's going to think I'm a quitter. Everyone's going to look down on me. But I went. And I didn't miss a single workout for those four years that I didn't bodybuild. I did not miss a single workout. I worked out six days a week for four years, regardless of anything going on in life, holidays, trips, vacations, weather, school, nothing. I did not miss a workout. I still haven't missed a workout. But that's one thing I think is really important to point out. I did not, I didn't quit and then break down and and lose myself completely. I quit for a reason and I stuck to that reason. I did not just drop everything and run. I quit because I was like, I need to learn how to do this on my own. I need to understand my body. I need to understand weight training. I need to understand this sport. I need to understand food before I can do well in this sport. I was like, I know I'm missing things and I need to work on it. And I knew I loved the sport. I knew I did. There was something about that stage that I was just like, this is where I belong, man. This is my thing. But I needed to know more and I wasn't ready and I knew that. So through the four years that I was on a hiatus from bodybuilding, I did CrossFit, I did powerlifting, I did Olympic weightlifting. And what I took from all of those was different things. CrossFit taught me that I'm actually capable of living in the, in the pain zone a lot more than I think I am. I was a big pussy. Oh, I shouldn't use that word negatively. I was a bitch. I was a huge bitch when it came to pain or suffering. My workouts were very much like, three sets of 10 till you're kind of uncomfortable and then move on. I wasn't aware of what I was actually capable of. CrossFit, CrossFit puts you in a dark place and makes you fucking live there for 20 to 50 reps, right? So CrossFit taught me that I'm capable of more and that it's okay to fail. I was always afraid of failing lifts. Um, and CrossFit, in CrossFit, it's good. It's encouraged to fail lifts. If you, something's too heavy, just fucking drop it. Just throw it off your back. Just run away from it. Just toss it. Um, and so CrossFit was good for that. It taught me a lot about that. Uh, CrossFit also validated for me that I actually know what I'm talking about in terms of form and movement. I know that sounds funny, but uh, the particular gym that I was in was uh, pretty focused on form for as far as a CrossFit gym goes. Um, and at the time, uh, so my CrossFit days were a co-op for school. So I was in school for weight training. Um, and so while I was earning my diploma, I worked at a CrossFit gym. And that was kind of funny because all my teachers hated on CrossFit and I mean, me too, but you know me, I like to, I like to argue. So I was like, if I got to be team CrossFit in order to fight with this teacher of mine, I'm going to be team CrossFit. And my fellow classmates can vouch for me on that. I used to fight with all our teachers for fun. Um, <laughs> so, so that was cool. And then CrossFit introduced me to the, uh, Olympic weight, uh, Olympic weightlifting. Uh, and that eventually turned into when I graduated from college and went to university, I uh, stopped CrossFit altogether and I got right into Olympic weightlifting and I joined the uh, University of Toronto's Olympic weightlifting team. Uh, It was a short stint because things happened and I had to leave, but it was amazing. Um, I was learning not only how to lift for myself, but also how to teach it, how to coach it. I ended up getting certified in Olympic weightlifting uh, competition coaching 
while I was away at school as well, and that was really fun. And Olympic weightlifting taught me that uh, I can learn how to do anything that I want to. <laughs> and that's because the Olympic weightlifts, the Olympic lifts are fucking hard. Uh, they're really technical, and you can pretty much never get it perfect. And I never considered myself an athlete. That's why I got into bodybuilding. I know it sounds really shitty, but I never considered myself to be an athlete. So for me, I was like, I'll just work out because like I can't sport, so I'll just work out. But then Olympic weightlifting taught me that like I'm actually kind of athletic and I pick up things pretty quickly. Um, it just means you just have to practice, you have to try hard at it. So that was that's what I took from weightlifting. And then you just get to a point, guys, where like, once a bodybuilder, always a bodybuilder, man. I just miss bicep girls. I miss them so much. And I miss them in a way that like, like I, I wanted to do bicep curls and have no shame. You know, I wanted to do bicep curls and have it be celebrated. <laughs> and any crossfitters or weightlifters out there listening to this will know what I'm talking about. You cannot pull out bicep curls in a weightlifting gym. And, and not be ironic. Like, if you're not being ironic and you're doing bicep curls, you're going to get so much hate. So I was like, man, I just, I would just like a safe space to do bicep curls. So I got back to bodybuilding. Um, but I did it slowly and I uh, kept my uh, Olympic weightlifting and my compound lifts from powerlifting. I kept them in my programming. So I was a solid power builder for probably about a year. Um, and I dropped out of university, uh, another failure of mine for all the wrong reasons i dropped out of university for a boyfriend classic um moved in with him did that whole song and dance then finally snapped out of my psychosis <laughs> that was thinking i was happy in that relationship and it was actually that breakup moving back in with my parents back in my hometown that i was like you know what we should do we should do another bodybuilding show. And I started hanging out with a friend of mine who was with Dan and Michelle. Um, those were his coaches. And watching him go through the process, I just suddenly missed it. Like, I just missed weekly check-ins. I missed, like, weighing out all my food. I was like, you know what? I could really do that again. That itch is back. The itch is back, and it's back hard. So I sent Michelle. I took these pictures of myself in my old suit. Okay, ladies, let me holler at you for a second. You ever find a bathing suit in your closet or like a pair of underpants that you bought when you were like 12 and you're like, I wonder if my ass still fits in these. <laughs> Getting that suit on was so anxiety Rit oh my god. My cucaracha was screaming for air. She was just like, we can't breathe oh my god it was bad but it was cool because the last time i put that suit on i was 100 pounds 100 pounds soaking wet that was my winning weight on stage was 100 pounds and oh i should probably pre-frame this after my breakup that fall with said boyfriend i randomly lost 15 to 20 pounds don't know how probably just because i stopped eating for a couple weeks i just randomly lost all this weight so i was feeling lean so when I sent Michelle pictures, I was 116. Now, between the show in 2014 and sending Michelle pictures in 2019, 
I normally sat anywhere between 130 and 135. I think the heaviest I got to was 135. And it was not a cute 135 for my frame. Okay, it was not a good look. A lot of inflammation, puffy cheeks, weight holding in the midsection and on my lower back and on my upper back, uh, which normally is a signifier of um, high stress hormones. Just a shout out. If you're carrying a lot of body fat on your back, that's stress. Anyways, um, and so I was 116. So I was like randomly lost like 15 pounds. I was like, holy shit, like I'm feeling good. So sent Michelle these pictures of me in my suit. And I was like, hey, Michelle, not sure if you remember me. Um, I quit that show that one time. <laughs> uh, I'm back though, and I'm better, and I want to do another show. Oh my God, her response fucking warmed my whole heart. It just melted my soul. She was like, Shayna, we couldn't, how could we forget you? So happy to hear from you. Like, let's do this, ready to go. So October 1st was my first day of prep. Oh, sorry, we did an off season first. We did an off season. Uh, prep was going to start in January. Uh, at the end of my off season with Michelle, I started at 116. I got all the way up to 129, 128, 129. Dieted down to 108 for stage, 108, 109. I was 109, 110 most of the week, and then the day of the show, I hit 108. So eight, eight pounds. It's not bad. Um, did the show definitely the best show of my career just I actually just felt like I belonged there a little bit more obviously still a little bit thin not as filled out as I'd like um not as muscular as I'd like obviously probably never going to be but at least I looked like I belonged there and I worked my ass off it was like a four-year side by side it was everything I wanted and more uh my placing sucked I hated it I was embarrassed but at the same time looking back at the pictures it makes sense now that I understand what judges are looking for more and what I can do better for my posing and conditioning, I get it. I understand where I got my placing and I deserved it. Um, but of course, at the time I was salty as fuck, but that's okay. No one shows up to a show being like, you know what I really want? Third place. <laughs> Nobody does that. Everyone's like, this bitch is mine for the taking. And that's how you should be in bodybuilding. And if you're not, you're in the wrong fucking sport. <laughs> so of course I was salty, but I got over myself. And then after the show, I uh, went into an off-season with Michelle. And now this is where this was the game-changing decision for me. Staying with Michelle all the year long, through the off-season, through everything. Um, through what I'd learned in my four years off on my own, which is the hiatus I needed, right? I got my nutrition certification. I got a bunch of lifting certifications. I got a diploma. I learned how to actually work out. I understood nutrition. Um, I Now I know all of the things. So when Michelle tells me to do something, I know why. And if I don't know why, I know what to ask in order to learn why, right? I know that there aren't good foods and bad foods. I know that low calories does not mean good and high calories does not mean bad. I understand the purpose of everything that needs to happen for a, for a cut or for a bulk. But I also know enough to know what I don't know. And I know that my eating disorder is not, it's not a sickness that you heal. It's not a, like a disease that you take a pill or you know, do some sort of 
something for it and it goes away. It's a, it's a version of yourself. It's a voice in your head that's always going to be there. And you have to learn ways of talking that said person down or quieting them or reasoning with them. And this last prep taught me that I have the power to control that person in my brain. And I think that was the most powerful thing that I took from that last prep was I am stronger and smarter than my eating disorder. And that's what's going to that's what's going to keep me safe while I pursue my passion in bodybuilding because I understand now and I have a different outlook and I trust myself. But on the days that I don't trust myself, I have my coach. And that was a, that was the decision that I made that was the smartest that showed me how far that I've come is I know that I am not strong enough some days and I need to have a third I need to have a person who's not super close to the situation but close enough to know me who can be like Shayna you're not seeing things clearly this is how things actually are this is the reality of the situation and you have to trust me so Michelle is there to give me cheat meals when I need one she's there to give me refeeds she's there to tell me to rest she's there to tell me to eat more rice not less she's there to tell me that potatoes aren't going to make me fat she's there to tell me all of the things that the eating disorder inside of myself would not allow me to do. And that was what was keeping me from growing all those four years. And that's why I say that for my bodybuilding career specifically, I wish that I hadn't have taken a hiatus from my coaches because even if I got super huge and I blew up and I was eating all of the foods and at least I would have been growing, right? But I spent those four years in a constant state of diet uh, because I was, I was, I was understanding nutrition and I was learning macros, but it was all, I was always in a deficit. I very rarely put myself in a surplus and that was just because of my eating disorder. I knew I needed to put myself in a surplus. I knew that it was required. It was smart and healthy. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. So Michelle for me is the, it's the smartest move that I am emotionally ready for in movement towards recovery when it comes to my issues with food uh, and my body. So this past year has been the best year for me in terms of um, food security and body awareness and confidence and progress because I have a coach who tells me what to eat and when to eat it and I trust her so I listen to her. Even on the days where I don't trust myself and I don't like myself, I trust Michelle and I know Michelle cares about me and I know she's going to steer me in the right direction and we share the same goals for me. So I can put my trust in her when I need to. And that was the person that I didn't have for those four years and I learned a lot, but it did set me back. So we're playing catch up, but that's okay. So this has been 50 minutes and I hope I've gotten to something. Basically... I come from a really bad history with my body, with liking myself, with food, with exercise. And through falling down several tree branches, hitting every possible branch on the way down, I have learned the things that I've learned. And I am now the most stable in who I am and what I want 
and where I'm going than I've ever been. And I, I'm so aware of the growth that I made that I'm also confident in the saying that that's probably going to change even more as the years go on because that seems to be what happens with life. So 2019-year-old Shana, sorry, 19-year-old Shana, 2015, wow, I've been talking too much, 2015 Shana, 19 years old, wanted to teach people that their bodies are capable of more than they think. I wanted to talk more about body dysmorphia and issues with food and nutrition and diet culture and our bodies and confidence. 2020 to 2021, Shana wants to talk about all the same things as well as all the other things because we're all dealing with, we're all fighting silent demons that other people know nothing about, right? We're all dealing with shit behind closed doors that people don't know about and that's okay that's healthy I'm not saying we should always talk about all of our shit but some of us can talk about our shit in order to allow the rest of us to feel a little bit more relaxed into the shit that we're dealing with so if you can connect to or have dealt with or can or any of the things that I've said resonates with you I want to be that person you can listen to and be like, you know what? This feels like it's super fucked up. But I bet Shana's dealt with it. And as long as Shana's dealt with it, then I'm not alone. And that's my goal. I just don't want, I don't want anyone to ever feel as alone as I felt those like five, six years when I first got started in bodybuilding and understanding nutrition and fitness and food in my body and going through those breakups and that bad relationship and understanding sex. And I just don't want anyone to ever feel as alone as I felt when I was going through those things. And I am so unafraid of people's opinions at this point that I am okay with being the person that talks about them regardless of if it's embarrassing for me or not. You know what I mean? Like, So that's what I want this podcast to be. I'm just going to talk about the hard stuff, the things that I've been dealing with behind closed doors that I'm now just going to open up all the doors. And I, I don't want, I don't expect anyone else to open their doors, but like maybe crack a window, you know, press your ear up against the door. Just know that there's someone out there who's listening, who gets it, who understands and someone to talk to. Um, my messages are always open. I love talking to people about this stuff. Uh, nine times out of 10, if you send me a message, that's pretty deep. I'm probably just going to voice message you back because I hate texting, but I'm always happy to talk about this stuff. And I feel like this platform will give me more of an opportunity to really speak my mind on things and to really answer people's questions and give advice. And I don't know anything. Like I, I can't even say I don't know everything. I don't know anything, but I do know how to talk and I like to talk and I do like to ask questions and I'm a thinker and I just feel like sometimes it's nice to have somebody who has all those qualities who wants to listen and talk things out. Regardless of if what we're saying is even true or remotely helpful, sometimes it just feels good to talk things out and to hear someone else's perspective or to hear that someone else is going through the same thing that you're going through. And so that's what this podcast is for. 50 minutes later. This podcast is just for all the overthinkers, the overfeelers. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk with you guys. I'm excited to get to know people. And I hope that this podcast reaches all the people that I want it to reach and that I need it to reach. And I hope that we create a fun little community here. So yeah, it's a little bit about me. I kind of went off on a tangent. That's what happens. I'm back now. I'm not really even sure what we said. I hope you guys know a little bit more about me now. Um, And I'm sure you'll get to know more about me as the episodes progress. Uh, So again, I don't know where this one's going, what number this is. 
Um, But thank you for listening. And uh, I'll talk to you guys real soon.